0: But what does it really take behind the scenes to launch and run your own successful business? Hear how these inspiring female founders made it happen. I just want to start off by saying thank you so much for joining me here today, Courtney, and I'm so excited to hear about your journey as an entrepreneur and
1: your business. I am so excited to be here. Thank you for having me, Sarah. I can't wait to chat. Yes, of
0: course. So, how about we start off with having you just introduce yourself a bit and tell us a little bit about your business?
1: Sure. So, my name is Courtney St. Croix. I am a publishing mentor and I own a publishing agency called Lead Her Publishing. So, it kind of looks like Leader Publishing, but there's an H in there because I work with women. So, I work with women who want to share their voice, share their story, or their method, or their system, or their blueprint. I often work with coaches who have something that they want to put together in like a journal, and I help you get it from Idea to Amazon and beyond. So I have been a writer my whole life. I love writing. Um, Traditionally, I kind of thought and was told as a child that becoming an author is a difficult thing to do. And that wasn't bad advice because the traditional route was very difficult to become an author. So uh, that kind of punctuated as I got older and what I decided to do with my career. And I didn't actually go into writing and, and publishing until much later. I started my business in 2015, and the publishing piece really kind of took off in 2018. So it took a while before I got there, but I did go to school for English literature, and I just didn't use that for the first fifteen years of my career when I worked for a fitness company, which was very strange. Um, so yeah, I, I work with high-level women who want to share their story, share their voice, maybe just don't know how to take it from the content they have to being published on a platform like Amazon. So I love what I do. I work with really aligned women who are passionate about sharing their message, and it's the most fun, like the most fun job that I've kind of created here for myself. So I'm having a blast. <laughs>
0: Amazing well I love to hear that and I guess to start off do you want to tell us I know you said you'd always been in love with writing sort of what attracted you to that industry and then also you know you said that you worked in the fitness industry and then switched over to into writing a little bit about you know making that transition as well. Mm.
1: So I've been a writer what I would say my whole life since I've learned how to write I would fill notebooks I would write stories just most mostly like novels like I would come up with little stories. And then in like 98, when we finally got a computer, I started typing out my stories and picking the fonts that I wanted for the chapter titles. And I just was always obsessed with that kind of process. And then writing did turn out to be quite a strength of mine. Um, I was always really good at writing. I loved writing essays and, and English class like at school. And I even considered starting an editing business when I was like in my late, like early teens to like end of high school, because people were always struggling with that and, and would be like, well, you're really good at writing. Can you edit my paper for me? So I thought I might charge people to do it. I never actually ended up doing that. But um, then when it came time to go to school, go to university, I started out with a generic program like psychology, um, got some poor grades in biology, even though I was a great student before that. And I still had the writing urge, but because of my first semester wasn't very good grades wise, I tried to get into journalism and they didn't let me into the journalism program because my grades just weren't there. Um And that was shocking to me and put me on a path that I thought like, oh, I'm going the wrong direction. Like I really wanted to be in journalism and kind of looked at that as like a roadblock, like, oh no, like now I can't go into journalism. Now I can't be a writer because I'm not in that program. ended up switching to English literature. So I did a lot of reading, a lot of essay writing, still had the love for writing. But again, the influences around me were telling me that becoming an author is hard. It's, uh, very unlikely that you're going to get a publishing deal with a traditional publishing house. And that was kind of the only method back then. So along the way during university, I was working at a gym, a really big gym here in Canada. And I just kind of started the front desk as a part-time thing while I was in university. And then I decided I love the company. I love the people. I loved the growth potential because there's lots of different leadership positions with that company. And I had my sights set on managing group fitness department because I was a fitness instructor and I started doing that quite young. So I just really loved the company and decided to pursue that. And that was not in the same realm as what I had gone to school for, which is that classic, like, oh, I went to school and then like, I didn't even use my degree afterwards. Of course, there were skills I learned in English literature degree that helped me, but I worked in that position and moved my way up uh, quite high in the company until... 2019. I met, I left in March, 2019 officially while I was building my business along the way. Um, and in that role, I just, I had, there was lovely people around me. There was, there was lots of opportunity there, but I got to a point where I was kind of at the top of, like, there wasn't much more room for growth at that point. I think I was about 28 at that time. And I realized, you know, I wasn't going, I wasn't pursuing the thing that really lights me up. And writing is definitely, A a strength of mine, something I love doing in my favorite, one of my favorite communication methods. Like I love putting it in writing and I feel that I can communicate and clarify my message even further with writing than I can through using my voice, for example. So it was really appealing to me and um, it took kind of an epiphany moment to realize I want to write my story and I want to help others do the same. And so the very first thing that I decided to do with writing and with, you know, helping others do the same was a collaborative book project. And that brought together 20 women who were all sharing their stories. The topic was self-love because at the time my brand was very involved, self-love and confidence and that kind of topic. So I brought together those women kind of acted like a conduit to have them share their stories and, and amplify them even further. And then I realized that's like that's what I want to be doing. I'm writing, but I'm also helping other people to write and share their story. So I came from that corporate space where I, I thought, you know, I have the job that I'm going to have for 20, 30 more years, and I'm going to keep doing this. And it was kind of the same old, same old, or I can go a different direction and something a little more unconventional, something that my, you know, no one really in my family was doing. Everyone has these conventional jobs, like, which is, there's nothing wrong with that, but it was going down a different path that was a little more unknown than what was experienced in my family. So definitely a risk to take that leap. I'm so glad I did. And I'm so happy that I get to work with the women that I work with now, but it's been quite the journey to go from doing nothing to do really with writing, even though I had a degree in it. And then, well, not, I don't have a degree in writing, but in English literature, and then being able to put together all of my passions and my interests and my schooling together in now a a position that I've created for myself with my own business. It's, it's very cool. And I'm, can't wait to see what else is coming down, (laughs) down the line, connecting with people. It's just, it's so fun.
0: Yes, definitely. And I think a lot of people can relate to that, especially, you know, going through school. I don't, I don't know that there's a lot of people that went for exactly what they wanted to do and Mm -hmm. then ran right into the field and kept going. I think it, you know, like you said, there's roadblocks and there's different turns, but um, I'm so glad that, you know, you, you've gotten to the place that you want to be in sort of helping women launch their books and, and everything like that. And you started off with sort of a collaborative project, you said, and I know you wrote multiple books, do you want to talk a little bit about your writing process? And maybe that first book that you wrote on your own and sort of, you know, becoming an author yourself?
1: Yeah, this is a great, uh, great question. I started with a self-love journal. So as I said, my brand was a little bit different. I'm called Leader Publishing and the Leader Collective right now, but I was previously Momfident AF. That was my past brand. So I started talking, I first started blogging and I first started talking about like postpartum experience, how your body changes afterwards, um, building confidence after your body has changed after having a baby. So that's where I started really growing my message and sharing things. I was being really vulnerable sharing those things. And one of the biggest things that helped me to get through and start feeling a lot better about myself, regardless if I had changed my body through you know diet and exercise or any of that, was journaling and so I was writing these same things down. I could come up with these five or six things that I was writing every day in just a blank journal and I thought, you know what if I put these together in like a three month journal that someone else could benefit from because if I could help just one more woman to get you know, to feel the shift that I was feeling through that journaling process, then that would be worth it to me if one other woman could be helped by it. So, my first project was a journal, and it's called the Self Love Journal. You can still find it on Amazon. It's actually hashtag Momfit and AF Self Love Journal. <laughs> so, it's because my brand's change, it's a little bit more difficult to find. But, um, and then I started thinking, what if I didn't need this when I was 30 some odd years old? What if I could have started working on this when I was a teenager and I didn't have to wait and un, like, Unlearn the things that I was learning about how I felt about my body. So I followed it up with a girls journal. So the girls journal is for girls about, you know, as long as they can write, because they've got to like write in the journal, obviously, seven years maybe to, you know, 13, 14. But honestly, an adult could use it. It's the same kinds of concepts. It's just a little simpler. Um, So the journals were first. And then I worked with a friend of mine who runs a fitness company and we did a joint venture project at Workout Tracker and like a kind of mindset journal, both um, just simple, like fill in same thing, journal, journal concepts. And I had this imposter syndrome, self-doubt come up for me because I was then sort of calling myself an author. I had reached some bestseller rankings on Amazon's ranking system and I was calling myself an author, but I was feeling like, I don't know, they're just journals. Like it's not, I didn't technically write a whole book, right? they're just journals. So I was apprehensively calling myself an author and a bestselling author because it wasn't quite a full book. And then in February, 2020, I finally finished the book I was working on, like for five years, I finally finished. And it's just self-titled Monfident as F-U-C-K. You can find that on Amazon as well. Anything would be under my name, just Courtney St. Croix on Amazon. Um, And so then I wrote that and I thought, well, this will be it because I've written a whole book. It's 80,000 words. It's an actual book. Now I'm actually legitimately an author and it's, you know, again, bestseller rankings. And the same thing happened. You kind of arrive at this like, oh, I have it now. And here it is at the launch. I had this launch day. And then I was still like, I don't know. Should I be calling myself an author? Like the self-doubt just kept coming back in my face. Um, and then shortly after that is when I started doing the collaborative author projects. The, the process is really fun because we get together as a group of women and we write on a similar topic. But I have to say that all of my co-authors experience the same thing. You know, they're part of this project and they go through, we have a book at the end of it and it's available on Amazon and they are authors. And yet 90% of them are like, I don't really feel like an author. Like, should I be calling myself an author? Yes, you are. You're a best-selling author. A book that you helped write is on Amazon and it ranked on Amazon as a number one. Most of them have hit number one in different categories. Yes, you can call yourself that. But this imposter syndrome thing, I like to call it the the fraud flu, because it's temporary, can come consistently at different times in your life. It's not something you always necessarily live with, but it pops up from time to time. Feeling this, feeling like a fraud was is not uncommon. Even big names like Maya Angelou has talked about imposter syndrome and how every time she went to write a book, she still was feeling like, you know, they're going to find me out. They're going to find out that I'm like just a regular person, you know? So it's, it's been a really fun process. And I guess I've learned a lot about that, about self-doubt and, and, you know, trusting yourself, trusting in the process and knowing that putting your work in something like a book, having it on a platform with international recognition, it can do really expansive things for you as the writer, for, for potentially for you as the business owner, if you're using it alongside your business. And it, it is quite a process. It's a, uh, It's, it doesn't come without some difficulty and, you know, staring at a blank cursor or having some writer's block pop up for you, but it is definitely worth the process. And I think just know to expect and anticipate that you, you're probably going to have some self-doubt, like with everything else in life, you're probably going to have some self-doubt at some points.
0: Mm hmm. Absolutely. And I think that's, you know, huge for entrepreneurs and authors in general. And I think someone who might be look like wanting to start a book, but not too sure, like imposter syndrome would be sort of a huge barrier. So um, do you have any sort of advice or tips that you would give to someone who's maybe at that point where they know they want to, but they're feeling that imposter syndrome, or like you said, even once it's launched, feeling that, um, you know, how how to overcome this?
1: Mm. Another really great question. Um, I think there was a turning point for me when I was in the middle of, you know, maybe 50% of the content for my full book, Momfit and Esbuck, 50% of it was kind of just sitting there in a Word document. And then for a while, I just, I always say it was like collecting virtual dust on my desktop. Like I just didn't go back into it. I didn't continue working on it. And I think a lot of that was because I was saying to myself, and you know, our brains are so crazy and they do these subconscious things, right? My brain was like, who are you to write a book? And I feel that this is probably the biggest challenge that a potential author would come up against who are you like who said to you you should write a book who is the person who gave you permission to go about tackling this goal of becoming an author and i came across a person who had self published and had written i think four or five books at that time and i said what gate like what made you decide to actually go for it and like not just have the idea a lot of people say oh i'm going to write a book someday but actually to go for it and she's like i just did it I just decided to do it. It's literally the switch you need to make. You're just going to do it. Who says you can't do it? It's your brain that's telling you you can't do it. Who's, who's going to see your book and be like, oh, you don't deserve to write this book. Well, I already did. So who's to say that I don't deserve to write this book? So I feel like that's a big, a big roadblock is thinking to yourself, who am I to write a book? And perhaps there's some fear there that you might fail or fear that it's not going to be a good enough, quality enough project, um, or the content is not going to be well-received or as well-received as you were hoping for. But the thing is, if you don't at least put yourself out there, you can't experience any of that. You can't experience someone who loves your book either. You can't experience people who give you rave reviews about it. So I like to think about, yes, there's probably a worst-case scenario, but what is the best-case scenario? If you just sit there with it collecting virtual dust not a single person can be helped by it. But if you actually put it out there, one, two, ten, hundred, thousand, there could be so many people that are helped by it and it creates such a ripple effect. So there are definitely going to be times, like I said, where the cursor is blinking at you and you're like, I don't even know what to do or where to go next. Or I feel like I've run out of things to say, but if it's the imposter syndrome and the questioning, if you like, who are you to write a book? Everyone who's written a book has thought that at some point. I've even read about Brene Brown feeling the same. Like she's this incredibly successful, well-known author, and even she has shared how how she's felt. Like who am I to do this? Like how come I'm doing that? Anyone anyone can do it. So think about that if imposter syndrome is coming up, and then know that there is a best case scenario. You could actually really help someone with what you're saying. So instead of just thinking about how it could fail or somebody could give you a bad review sure, those things are an option. But if you don't do it, you could risk not being able to help someone who really needs your message.
0: If you're listening to this, then you most likely enjoy podcasts. And maybe you even have a business of your own. But have you ever thought of starting your own podcast? Through running Made It Happen, I truly found a passion for podcasting, and I want to share what I've learned and help other entrepreneurs and businesses have their voice heard and elevate their brand through podcasts. Introducing Elevate Podcast Co. Elevate Podcast Co. supports launching and growing podcasts to connect businesses to their audience, build authority, and amplify their business. Through podcast coaching, management, and launching, we will help you reach your podcast goals with a quality product at an affordable price. If you're interested in starting a podcast or just want to chat, feel free to reach out at elevatepodcastco.com or email us at elevatepodcastco at gmail.com. You brought up another great point there, too, with writer's block. And I'm sure that that's something that many writers do go through. And do you want to tell us a little bit about, you know, your experience with this and sort of how you overcome those you know barriers, of those times when you're feeling that?
1: Yeah, it happens all the time. For me, it's usually because I'm overthinking things. So my number one tip if you're experiencing writer's block is to try to get out of that masculine logical energy of I have to write this and this is the the topic that I'm on and I have to continue in that same structure and follow along. If you're getting in your head about it, if you're overthinking it, if it feels a very masculine energy, I I always get out of that space and try to do something that's a little more feminine energy like being away from technology moving my body in some way, shape, or form, or even just listening to music and not focusing specifically on you know what you're going to write. But getting away from technology, because it's such a big component, um, I like to go for walks and listen to podcasts. But in this case, if I was feeling like stuck on something, I would not have technology with me and I would just be in nature and go for a walk and get out of there and remove myself from the space. Another thing that really works for me, I don't know why and I can't explain this, but anytime I'm in water... I get a lot more ideas. Like, I don't know, the ideas flow because I'm like in the water element or something. I have a really big connection to water, but that just means for me when I'm in the shower or if I'm taking a bath or if I'm swimming in the lake or even just being on or near the water. So if I can get near a lake, uh, walk along the lake, you know, I I was in Durham region for a long period of time. So near Lake Ontario, just like with the shores there, I can get near water and be away from technology and be outside and just do something that's not, forcing to try to get the words out, that seems to ignite more creativity for me. So step away from it instead of trying to force it, I guess is what my advice would be hmm
0: I, I think that again, that's great piece of advice and coming it back in with that fresh perspective. And so it doesn't feel like it's, it's forced and you just have to do it. It's more like that that's when the ideas are coming to you. And so that leads to my next question too, is for someone who, you know, is thinking of starting a book and they're just not even sure where to start in the beginning, like the very early stages, sort of what would you say to someone that is sort of at that place right now?
1: So the thing of it is a lot of us, especially as women, like we have lots to share. It's just about deciding what am I going to share and how am I going to package it? And a book is a great way to package something really easily because it can serve so many without you having to actively do, you know, continue to educate people. It's one thing to have a social platform where you're constantly talking about the same topic versus putting some of your wisdom inside of a book that can always be available for people to get. It's a great introduction to you and your, and your methods. Um, It could also be a, a story. So it could be experiences that you're sharing on a journey that you went through, maybe through some difficult times, how you got through it to the other side. It's, of course, hard to know what to write because, again, there's no like real rule book. There's not like, here is how exactly you share your story. We're all so unique and we have so many different experiences, which is why I feel that it's fair that anyone who wanted to write a book could and should, if they feel compelled to, Write a book because even if it's on a similar topic, even if it's on, you know, I write something on leadership and then you do as well, our stories are so different. So they're going to have different perspectives and experiences. Um, The thing is, if you want to publish your book, you have to have the content in order to do it. So if you're just thinking, you know, I want to write a book someday, you have to actually start with the writing of the book. So I always suggest I have a self-published planner. It's kind of a mix between an ebook and a workbook because there's pages where you can brainstorm and organize your topics and decide what things you want to write about. So having a little bit of a plan before you just open a Word document and type in the title, like my book, <laughs> then you're like, where am I even going with this? Um, so the self-published planner is a tool that I, I suggest to people when they're like, where do I start? What do I, what's the first thing I do? Well, the first thing is you don't need any crazy technology. You don't need any crazy tools. You just need a Word or a pages document, pop it open on your computer and start writing because as Jody Picoult said, I think it's Picoult, <laughs> you know the author maybe butcher your last name, but um, you you can always edit a bad page, but you can't edit a blank page. So the writing piece, like you just, you have to prioritize the writing and get in there and start doing it. And I know that's easier said than done sometimes, especially when you're experiencing writer's block and things like that. Um, But having a bit of a plan, self-published planner, I'm sure you can put in the description. It's lead-her.com slash self-published planner. Really simple, easy download. I could help you organize your. uh, organize your thoughts. If you're at least in the stage where you're contemplating, you know, should I go in this direction? Maybe it will help you to determine like, yes, I do have some concepts that I want to expand on. So now I'm going to start this project.
0: Mm -hmm. And I think that's a great sort of resource and tool for people to have just to organize their thoughts in general. Um, And so I think that that's, you know, a great method to start with. And you talked about there too, then self-publishing. And do you want to tell us a little bit about, you know, this process and also maybe some of the benefits of self-publishing?
1: Yeah. So I just think it's really cool that the technology is available to us now that if we want to write a book, we can. If we want to start a radio show, we can start a podcast. If we want to start a TV show, we can start a YouTube channel. Um, And we don't have to wait for permission from someone else. We don't have to wait for, you know, with your hand raised for somebody to select you. You can actually go about choosing yourself and picking yourself. And I just love that entire concept. So self-publishing has come about um, especially with the Amazon platform, Kindle Direct Publishing is the way that you go about self-publishing. And what that means is you write your content. So if you're using your Word document, you're writing your content, then you need to just source your editing team. You need to source, you know, whether it's developmental editing or just, you know, fixing any correct incorrect spelling or grammar. Um, probably both if you're a new writer and you haven't written a book yet. And, and it's an investment for sure. But It's the risk you take versus trying to get with a traditional publishing house that often says no. There's often way more rejections than there are, oh yes, we'll take you, new author who's never been published before, you know. So self-publishing allows you more control and it allows you to do the thing that you want to do, which is become an author and have a book in your hands. So it gives you the opportunity the flexibility to do that. You can write a book as long as you want or as short as you want. It's completely up to you. It's just that the onus is more on you to find your editing, to find your graphic design, to find someone who can lay the book out properly and you know, typeset for you. Um, and then the marketing as well is a little more on your, on your hands because it's your book. You, it's you. It's just like you are your business, right? It's you putting it out there, sharing about your launch day. And so it can be a little bit tricky because you, with self-publishing, it's available to you, but you may not necessarily know exactly how to go about doing it. My agency, I say, is kind of like in between. So I help authors, like independent authors, to self-publish, but they don't actually have to do the background messy figuring it out on their own stuff because I do that stuff for them. So I take that away, but we still allow them to self-publish and to get you know, all the royalties that you would get as an independent author on Amazon versus getting a much smaller percentage with a large publishing house. So there's lots of benefits to self-publishing. Um, you can find lots of information about it. You can find little pieces of it. You can find YouTube videos on it and Google it. Um, I have some resources on a YouTube channel. It's a very small YouTube channel. It's just like very little minimal videos that I just started posting there. Um, but I also, on my Instagram account, Leader Publishing, I do videos there as well to kind of explain a little bit more about writing and publishing. So there's information out there. Um, but if you don't wanna actually figure it out yourself, that's when I, w- I would work with you to figure it out and do that back end stuff for you. So you can just do the writing. And then obviously with traditional publishing, you'd have to have at least a good chunk of your manuscript written, generally get a literary agent, shop the book around to different publishing houses and hope that someone's going to offer you something. Um, so it just gives you, uh, you basically guaranteed if you want to go through and self publish, you're guaranteed that you can do that versus crossing your fingers that somebody's going to pick you and say, yeah, okay, yeah, we'll bring you along in our our traditional publishing house. Lots of benefits. It's just a little more to figure out, that's all.
0: Mm-hmm, absolutely. And I, I think that, you know, there are definitely, like you said, there's a lot of benefits to it. And I like the fact that there is those flexible options and that it's so accessible for people now. Like, that, mm. no matter what you want to do, there is a way with technology and with sort of resources out there now that you can do it yourself, which I think is great for anyone who's sort of looking to get into those fields. And I know we talked about a couple of these, you know, imposter syndrome being a big one, but is there any other big obstacle you find with entrepreneurs who are looking to publish a book um, and something that they really have to overcome in the process or even just getting started sort of that big obstacle that you find, um, you know, pops up a lot.
1: One of the obstacles would probably be like the logistics of it. So just like I mentioned, you can self-publish, but there is lots to figure out if you go the self-publishing route. So you can work with someone to help you to do that, you know, work with a publishing mentor, um, like an agency like mine, you can, you can find support in order to get through that like logistics block. Um, But what I think, and I touched on this a little bit, what I think affects people the most is like the fear of it either failing or the fear of it not being good enough or the fear of, you know, external sources being like, who do you think you are writing a book? I think those fear blocks come up for a lot of people. I know they do for me and I know that they do for other areas of my business as well. It's not just becoming an author. So for any entrepreneurs listening, I'm sure that they felt that before. You kind of, there is an author who says something about the fear and how it doesn't really go away. We just kind of learn to deal with it and kind of learn to move with it instead of being like, oh no, I'm afraid I'm gonna stop myself right here. So what I would say is just like you gain competency and then confidence by practicing a new skill getting a little bit better at it, you know, one day at a time, figuring things out. And then you feel more confident because you've, you've started to learn and you started to improve. You get better at failing as well. So this can be in life, in business, in writing a book. You get better at failing as well. So once you've failed and, you're, and you realize it's not that big of a deal, like it's scary that you think you're, you're anticipating the failure and you're anticipating that that's going to freak you out and be scary. But if you can learn to just embrace it and take it and extract the lesson from it, Try to worry less about the fear of failure and the fear in general of putting yourself out there and being vulnerable. And just know that the more you do that, the more you put yourself out there, the more comfortable you will get with it. The more comfortable you're going to get with, oh, I was a little afraid to do that. and Now I realize it's not that big of a deal. And getting through that, you get almost more confident at failing, almost more confident at being afraid and doing it anyway. So definitely some logistical things there that can stop people. But if you're getting in your head about, you know, feeling like, you know, what are people going to say if I put it out there that I'm going to write a book, or you're afraid it's not going to be good enough content, or people aren't going to like it. Similar to what I was saying before, what if people love it? Like what we always humans are always on the negative, right? What's the worst thing that could happen? But what's the best thing that can happen? Because there's a lot of really great things that can happen through the publishing medium and and through having your message out there and serving more people you could have a ton of people really helped by your message versus you're holding your own self back because you're afraid someone might judge or or criticize what you're writing so fear and logistics of which both you could you could get over i promise you
0: Yes, definitely, and i I think so many people can relate to that, but I think that's great advice for you know overcoming that or not even overcoming, like you said, sort of living with it but still getting through it and that leads into my next question too is sort of with yourself and running your business and starting your business and taking that leap. Has there been sort of a big obstacle for yourself that you've had to overcome in that process?
1: Mm-hmm. Again, I think the biggest obstacle was inside my head because I went from a very traditional expected uh, conventional type of corporate path. And then I decided to leave that. And there was a lot of me having to let go of external questions, external uh, thoughts about how I was leaving a safe, I'm using air quotes, but safe, um, conventional, secure type of job and going out on my own. And I feel like the external questions and concerns were even more even more limiting than my own thoughts. Like I was just excited to kind of go out there and do my own thing. Yes, I was afraid. It's different. It's not getting your regular salary that you have been used to for 15 years of your career. But I feel like when people ask, like, are you sure you want to do that? Are you sure you want to leave the job that you're in? Are you sure you want to do something that's a little off the beaten path? That's That stuff, the external stuff is what was really like, why are people keep saying this? Like, I'm so excited to go and do my own thing, but people are very concerned for me being not down a conventional route. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs experience this, right? Things can be exponentially different. You can have massive growth and development and shift, not only professionally in your career, but personally, when you take on your own business and when you decide to go a different route. And just like I said, what's the best that could happen? Like we know the situation that we're in, if we're in a corporate job. And if you are trying to go out on your own, it's like, yes, there's some scary things, but what about the, all the cool stuff that could happen? What about the other opportunities that are out there? Um, and I do want to mention, you know, I, uh, nothing against anyone who is doing a nine to five or is doing a, a regular traditional type job. I don't mean to say that with any negativity. There's plenty of people who have those jobs that, that society would dictate as more traditional type jobs. And there's nothing wrong with that. If you're, if you're really, really happy in your career and you're in a more traditional career, more power to you. That's, you know, I, I never want to throw any shade to someone who's in that type of career. But for me, it was about looking at other options, looking at other things that were potentially available for me. And when I did that, then all the people in my circle were the more traditional type job kind of employees, right? They're very concerned for what I'm doing. And I think that's a little bit of their fear too. Like they didn't see that for themselves. So when they see me stepping out and doing something different, they're like, are you sure? Like, are you, is this okay? Or what about this? And what about that?
0: Hmm. And I, I think that that's definitely true, especially with entrepreneurs. A lot of them have that entrepreneurial spirit and that mindset that they really want to go into. So for some people who maybe just aren't in that sort of thing, it might it might be you know a different way for them. But you also talked about there too, you know, the growth and sort of those milestones that you were able to reach as a business. You know, once you were able to dive in, and has there been sort of one big monumental moment that really stands out to you throughout your journey? that You'd like to share?
1: Oh, there's so many. There's so many like milestones, but the thing is, and maybe instead of one milestone, I want to tell you about the difference in perspective and mindset that I have now about celebrating milestones. So. Um, especially in the beginning when I told you I had the journals and I didn't feel quite like an author. And then um, my book came out February 14th in 2020 and I still was having this. It's called the arrival fallacy. Like you hold it up on a pedestal that your your day is coming and you're doing the thing you said you're going to do. And then it feels kind of like numb. You're like, why don't I feel more excited about this? So something that I've really learned in working with different coaches uh, over the last couple of years too, for sure, uh, Melanie Ann Lair from Fem. And uh, my personal one-on-one coach, Carrie Russell from Carrie Russell Coaching, they have really solidified in me that it's up to me to anchor in uh, celebration for the things that I'm really grateful for. And uh, I do think I missed the mark a little bit when my book came out in February, 2020, because I didn't really make that big of a deal. It was on social media. I was talking about it. I was you know, excited, obviously, but I didn't have anything really to anchor in the celebration. What I would do now is have a specific bottle of champagne, maybe a more expensive one because it's it's a big day. I would probably get some balloons. With it being COVID, um, I wouldn't be able to go to a nice restaurant and have a dinner, but something like that to anchor in the memory and what am I doing to solidify the memory of that day versus it just comes and goes and it's just like a fleeting moment that's not really part of my memory. And um, these coaches that I work with also talk about creating the experience so that you might take a photo and mem- remember, the experience versus setting something up to take a photo to post about the experience. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like creating the experience, like, you know, if someone had a really great birthday party and it's like, there's a huge party, there's balloons everywhere. There's great food, there's music, people are dancing. We're having a great time. And then you take a picture like in the midst of it because you're like, I'm having so much fun. And like, maybe you don't even have that many pictures, but you're like, I got to capture this. Versus you go to a party and it's like lackluster, but you're like, well, let's all get together and take some photos because, you know, we're at this event and I want to post it on social media, like creating the environment of the celebration, regardless of the milestone.
0: Mm-hmm. And I think that that's so important, especially, you know, you hear with women entrepreneurs, a lot of, a lot of them don't like to celebrate themselves. And I and think we're that's
1: humble. That- Yeah, right. And
0: modest. Yes, exactly. And it's it is such an important part of the journey. And especially when you're looking back, you like you could be like, yeah, that was a really big deal. Like I should have, you know, really done that. And I think that so that's like, that's a really great sort of way for that for people to you know, see all that they've accomplished. And really, like you said, just make sure you're actually celebrating that. And especially with entrepreneurs, a lot of the time, you know, it happens and then you're like, okay, what's next? Like, what? what right. else, what's the next level? And so I think really appreciating those moments is really important. So I think that's a great reminder for all entrepreneurs. And I, I think that's, you know, great advice. And if there was sort of one piece of advice you would give to yourself when you had first started your business, what would that be?
1: I think maybe not, maybe it's not necessarily advice, but like reminding myself that I'm not the only one who doesn't know everything that I'm trying to do. I'm not the only one who doesn't know everything because there is a misconception that other people, those other people over there that are not me, they know what they're doing. They have it figured out. They, you know, they don't have any concerns. They have a team that are, that are helping them get things done. And the reality is that none of us really know what we're doing. This is not even just business. This is like in life. You go to, you know, plan a wedding and you're like, I don't know what I'm doing. So you either try to find someone, hire someone that's going to support you and plan your wedding for you, or you just figure it out as you go. So I wish that I had known back then what I've realized now, and that's in You're not going to know that until you connect with people on a real level, because as we all know, social media is very beautiful and it's like a magazine. That's the way I look at it now. It's like a magazine. Things have been staged and edited and there's a lot of talk about things being so perfect on social media and we need to show the real, like the real and the raw, like what's going on, which I understand and I get. But if you can also just look at social media for what it is, nothing is exactly the way it's going to be on social media because when I'm having a difficult moment, it's very less far less likely I'm going to pick up my phone and be like, Hey guys, I'm having a really difficult moment right now. Sometimes that might call for it. But if we can look at social media for what it is, it's, it's people's best experiences. And that's just, it is what it is. I don't want to take that personally because I see someone else always posting their successes. But what I found is if there is someone who I think that person's so successful and she knows what she's doing and she has everything right. If I connect with that person and chat with her, and actually get to know her and connect with her as a human being versus just her social media page and assuming things about her, then I realized that we're far more similar than I assumed. Her social media might look perfect, but we are so much more similar. We have similar challenges. She's opening up and being raw and vulnerable that how yesterday was a really hard day and I lost an employee and I did you know all the challenges that she's having. So if you can connect closer with the people who you think, she has it all together and she's got this happening and she you know knows everything go and connect with that person if you're feeling triggered by someone go and connect with that person and be like hey just wanted to talk and say hello and say i've benefited from this content that you're putting out there and connect because that's when we really know that we're no one really knows what they're doing we're all doing we're all just putting our best foot forward and and trying our best and i wish that i had someone to tell me that it's normal to feel like you don't know what you're doing or you don't know when the right time to hire someone is or you don't know you know, everything there is to know about running a business because you just won't at the beginning. I I still don't. We just don't really ever. We just like try things and see what sticks to the wall. It's like spaghetti throwing a business. (laughs)
0: Yeah, it's definitely it's it's definitely learning as you go, and I think that I definitely agree with with social media, and it's sort of just seeing that highlight really and not the behind the scenes. And I think that's also why you know I really love you know like reading books or podcasts because you can get a little bit more of a glimpse into the behind the scenes. But like you said, it's really not until you connect with that person that you actually realize okay, it's not just me feeling this way; everyone does feel this way at times. So I think that that is definitely important. And thank you so much for sharing, and thank you for joining joining me here as well and sharing your journey as an entrepreneur as a writer and as with a business um and where can people go to find your business online on social media
1: yeah of course thank you so much for having me sarah uh you can find me on instagram my main account is at the leader collective and leader is spelled l-e-a-d-h-e-r so like the lead her collective I also have a publishing, I just recently uh, started a publishing specific Instagram. So if you're interested in the publishing, the co-authoring and, you know, potentially working one-on-one or publishing, writing support and advice, um, finding me at Lead Her Publishing. So Leader Publishing, but again with the H. And then you can find me like on my website, lead-her.com and is there. All the books that, that uh, have been published through my agency so far, information on co-author projects, um, just like all of the information for anything. I need mean, the freebies that I've suggested you can find on my website there as well. So Instagram is where I'm most active. Um, so if you want to DM me or send me a message, Instagram is a great place to do that. And then my website has anything else that I have, uh, available.
0: Thanks for listening to made it happen podcast, the podcast highlighting female entrepreneurs. Make sure you subscribe to the channel, leave a review, and I'll see you next week.